And this week, Marcy Trent Long speaks with Hong Kong University of Science and Technology's Head Professor of the Division of Environment and Sustainability. If you've been outside at all the last few days, you know the air is really not that great. So he's going to tell us about the air pollution situation in Hong Kong and also talk about an app that helps citizens tell the air quality of their location. Hey, Trash Talk listeners, this is kind of a special episode on Trash Talk because we're going to talk about all the trash that's floating around in the air in the form of air pollution. I recently finished a season on our sister podcast, the Sustainable Asia podcast, looking at the serious problem of air pollution across Asia. I don't understand why we can't solve it. So I thought it might be interesting to bring a Hong Kong air pollution expert on the show. And luckily, Dr. Alexis Yao, Chair Professor, Division of Environment and Sustainability at HKUST, among his many titles there, um, agreed to talk with us today about Hong Kong and Bay Area air pollution. Thank you so much for joining the show, Dr. Yao. Well, thanks very much for uh, getting me the opportunity to talk. <laughs> well, according to a report issued last month by the APD, in 2022, air pollutant concentrations at the roadside were reduced by 47 to 64 percent. And the number of hours of reduced visibility in Hong Kong also went down from its peak in 2004. But the question is, is this really good news and something to celebrate, given that 2022 was a year of COVID pandemic lockdown measures? Well, uh, actually, if we look at actually the annual changes, the drop actually happened uh, really, if we are talking about since 2004. Uh, Hong Kong's pollution peaked around 2008, and then uh, time of uh, slowly drops all the way until 2012. And after 2012, it actually started a very steady but a clear drop. So it's not really just because of the lockdown. The lockdown probably has a little bit impact, but we have seen the drop uh, since 2012, 2013, very significantly. Uh, all the way, I would say, uh, well before 2019. So uh, when we take that perspective, I think uh, it's certainly from people living in Hong Kong uh, for so long, I am very happy to see the significant drop, uh, but certainly we, we are still looking forward to further reduction. Well, transboundary air pollution within the Bay Area. I mean, that's been a struggle for a few years as I understand it. And in 2018, HKUST researchers developed an app that would warn residents of Hong Kong of high upcoming air pollution periods that included transboundary air pollution. Can you tell us a little bit more about that app and if it's still going? Well, it certainly is still going. Uh, we spend uh, quite a bit of effort on that. And the main thing for that is not just uh, the protection, but we want to go get to very uh, personal scale because most of the time when people look at air pollution, uh, you get information from the government and that's usually report what is at a station near you, which could be a few kilometers away. 
and in a city as dense and with so many buildings and so many vehicles running around, uh, a station that is a few kilometers away can be very different from your own place. So we spend a lot of effort to uh, really thin down the air pollution right at your street. Uh, and also the app actually talks about uh, the daily exposure of uh, where do you get the most uh, important pollution. But coming back to, to your question about uh, transboundary, definitely. Uh, we have been, again, looking at air pollution in Hong Kong for many years. Uh, I think the pollution that we get in Hong Kong uh, for some of the pollutants, like uh, nitrogen oxides, uh, it's very clear that Hong Kong is the main, uh, the most important source. And the variation of nitrogen oxide around the city, you can see around the roadside is uh, very high uh, compared with what uh, we hope to get to in the WHO uh, air quality guidelines. Uh, but uh, in, when you are moving out, uh, like to some of more outlying islands, then you don't really see such high levels. On the other hand, there are pollutants like uh, PM and ozone. Uh, I would say that uh, for PM, uh, we used it to contribute uh, a little bit more, but in the past, I think since 2012, 2013, the government has spent a lot of effort in trying to reduce the emission of particulates in Hong Kong, uh, going after the uh, diesel vehicles with uh, a large uh, replacement program, going after the ships, which is in the center of the city, as well as uh, some of the power plants in terms of uh, forcing them to use much better uh, desulfurization and uh, PM control. So the local source in terms of uh, particularly are much less. So uh, even if you go to the roadside or go out to the outlying island, the pollutants are not that, uh, pollution level for PM are not that different. And most of it is uh, transboundary. Uh, so really, we, it's very clear that for addressing some of the issue, like particularly, uh, regional collaboration is very important. And, uh, but we still have a long way to go in terms of dealing with our roadside, our own emission, particularly in the Knox, uh, area. Okay. And so just for those of us, so Knox is nitrous oxide, right? And uh, P. Yeah. Um, okay. PM is uh, PM2 particulates. Yeah. Our particulates, and those can go into your lungs and stay in your lungs for a long time. Maybe you could just yeah. talk about some of the health impacts, really, because I know you've done a lot of research on that, on yeah. NOx uh, and, yeah. Yes, uh, both have long-term uh, health impact, and in particular, uh, particulates are well-known to be the most important causing uh, cancer, uh, even cardiovascular disease and so on. Uh, and their long-term cancer impacts are most important. On the other hand, nit uh, nitrous oxide are more uh, because they're gas and uh, they are very uh, oxidative. So they interact with the lung uh, faster. So they have higher uh, short-term impact, uh, trigger asthma, or uh, sometimes will trigger uh, 
the lung having cough a lot and may lead to uh, more impact in uh, a few days. But for the PM, it's usually once it, the, the difference is PM stay with you. Uh, the gases, uh, either they interact with your uh, tissues or they got uh, breathe out. So uh, the gases pollutant has more in terms of short-term health effect and then the PM, the particulates, has more long-term effects. A little bit scary, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned that Hong Kong now has adopted the World Health Organization standards for air quality. Uh, yeah, actually, the, the World Health Organization uh, has is what we call the air quality guideline as its ultimate objective. But then uh, noting that, well, many places has different uh, level of concentrations as well as uh, different capability of uh, getting to those levels. They also have something called interim guidelines. So what we call the interim targets. So uh, they have IT1 to IT4. IT1 is really a low target, which uh, kind of something like the minimum uh, you need to get to. And then uh, correspondingly, they will tighten it uh, so IT2 is tighter, IT3 is tighter, and IT4, and so on. So the ultimate goal is what we call the AQG. Uh, like for particulates, uh, before we have, uh, actually in 2014, uh, that's the first time Hong Kong uh, revised its air quality objective after they set it in 1987. So that took a long time. And then, uh, after 2014, they kind of uh, agreed to look at this uh, once every few year, once every five year. And uh, the first review, they moved the uh, PM uh, targets from 35 milligram per meter cube to 25 uh, a few years back. So uh, it was 25 microgram per meter cube now. Uh, in terms of the air quality standard in Hong Kong. Uh, and right now, the government is again conducting this once every five year review. And uh, we are hoping that it can move one step further to move down to 15, uh, which Ooh, would That's be, a big jump. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which would be a quite an important jump. So uh, we are so, happy so that we have. Yeah. yeah. So currently, because we don't know the numbers, currently it's at WHO like middle level, and I then hopefully. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then, and the time, and the next one would be at IT three, which is fifteen. So that's a, a big drum, and uh, I hope that in a few years later, again with all the effort the government is doing, as well as probably. Uh, collaboration with the Bay Area, we can further move it down. Uh, hopefully by a, uh, maybe 2030, we can see a uh, IT4 target of uh, 10 microgram. Uh, it probably will take a much longer time for us to get to the five microgram target of IQG. Uh, yeah, five, that's pretty tough for anyone. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's uh, very tough for anyone, yeah. 
Yeah, maybe Fiji. I don't know. Um, and and, and <laughs> so it, you, we talked about also the transboundary air pollution. So is there already a regional airshed initiative where we're sharing data within the Bay Area? And uh, do they have data? Yeah, data are being shared as a, a Pearl River Delta uh, a regional air quality monitoring network that started something like, I think, uh, 15 years ago. Uh, so that has been there for a long time. And I think that uh, network was very important in terms of uh, actually communicating, uh, getting information across. And I think uh, once the numbers are there, there are more uh, pressure for the government to uh, really do something. So I think that sharing of information was extremely important. And uh, we can also see from many uh, evidence, first uh, the, the uh, data on the ground, as well as from uh, remote sensing using satellite information uh, to confirm a lot of the things. So uh, China also has a significant improvement uh, in air pollution, particularly in the last 10 years. Yeah, so uh, definitely, if we want to improve the air quality in Hong Kong, uh, working with China, working particular with the Great Bay Area is a very high priority. Yeah, I, I hope that works, because it seems like Beijing tackled a lot of their air pollution by creating a an air shed, right? So maybe you could just describe what an air shed means well an air shed you know uh basically in if you look at a geographic area usually uh first the mountain area around uh as well as the typical wind so when the wind is uh wind speed is low uh the emission uh from the industry from the ground uh they rise up a little bit but they do not really go away, go to other places. So these are uh, regions which, if you notice, their air, uh, air quality are highly correlated with each other because the emission actually just come up and then kind of mix within what we call an air shed. So uh, if you are within the same air shed, then uh, if just you do uh, reduction, but Places within the air shed in other may could be in another country or another province doesn't do it. Uh, it would still not be very effective for you. So, but if you actually uh, collaborate well within your air shed, then what you notice is uh, the uh, effect is much more evident. Uh, like the Pearl River Delta, if you look at a uh, geographic map. The Pearl River Delta is separated from the northern uh, part of China or even the middle part of China by a mountain range. So a lot of the pollution within uh, the Pearl River Delta, it makes within the Pearl River Delta, but uh, pollution from beyond the Pearl River Delta does not come down as often. So if we do well within the Pearl River Delta, then uh, the evidence can easily show uh, the air quality to be much better. So, and it's actually quite clear from uh, the data, the River Delta region actually has one of the best air quality within China, uh, a lot better than uh, Beijing, Shanghai, or the Sichuan area. Yeah, so 
if if you think about the air share, the easiest thing actually is think about Sichuan, because Sichuan is a basin. That basin area is like things that when air pollution come up, it basically mixes around there, and unless when there is very strong wind, otherwise it's it mix over there and it doesn't really uh, go to other place. So uh, the concept of air shed really is a air quality management zone. Uh, you need to work together within that zone to benefit everyone. Hmm. Ah, we can tell you're a professor. That was such a good explanation. Um, <laughs> you know, my last question is, what is the name of the app then that HKUST developed and we can oh, download again? Actually, uh, it's called Praise-HK. Uh, the Praise actually is a personalized real-time uh, air quality informatics system Ooh. for exposure. Uh, we try to make it a thing that uh, looks nice, uh, but I think it's it's uh, turned out to be quite useful. We are working a lot with the asthma patients as well as uh, some of the schools. Uh, work with them in terms of uh, because the data can be uh, downloaded and school students can use it to learn. Like uh, say, looking at within the past day, where is their uh, where did they get most of their exposure? Because a lot of people used it to think, okay, they get the highest air pollution uh, dosage from uh, maybe in the roadside when they travel in the road and so on. But actually, because people stay most of the time at home, actually, how good is the home air quality uh, turned out to be most significant. And that's also good because uh, at your home, you can actually do something about it. Because when you're out on the street, not much you can do. But uh, if you like our app forecast, what is going to happen for the next few days? Uh, if it turns out that the next two or three days, uh, there may be an air pollution episode, then you can do something at your home, like uh, close the window and maybe use some air purifier. Uh, that would uh, do a lot to, to help. Super helpful. So, uh, trash talk listeners, that's called praise, P-R-A-I-S-E dash H-K. Uh, and you can yeah. download it. And that was developed by H-K-U-S-T. Um, Dr. Alexis Lau, thank you so much for your time today. It was very informative. Well, thanks very much for having me. You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK On The Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas. If you like what you hear, I also host the Sustainable Asia podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube for a more in-depth look at sustainability issues here in Asia. And a big thank you to Marcy Trent Long for that episode of Trash Talk, talking to Dr. Alexis Lau from Hong Kong University of Science and Technology. And definitely a good idea to get that mobile app. It's on the uh, Android and iOS app stores, Praise-HK. Uh, if you have respiratory issues and want to know what's going on in air pollution in your area, if you want to know what's going on in air pollution right now, Actually, the air quality index is around four, which is moderate. So if you think about 
green being uh, low, orange, moderate and red uh, high. We're in the orange range right now. Now, a quick check.